want to speak to you this morning on the subject storms. Storms. Because some of you are hurting. Some of you are going through storms. I have been through my share of storms. And I feel that the Spirit of God has impressed upon me a word for us to consider in regards to storms. As a child of God, what do you do when you feel like you're standing alone, you don't know where to turn, and contrary and adverse conditions are impacting upon your life? What do you do? Do you cop out? Do you commit suicide? Do you wish you had never taken office or never got yourself in a position of leadership? Do you wish that you were never born? What do you do? I turn your attention to the Word of God. The Apostle Paul encountered many storms during his lifetime. He experienced the fury of political storms, religious storms, emotional storms, and natural storms. One such storm is recorded in Acts chapter 27. In Acts chapter 26, we are told of Paul's appeal to Caesar, the emperor of the Roman Empire. In chapter 27, he is sent under Roman guard to Rome for a court hearing. As a matter of fact, chapter 27 is an eyewitness description of a treacherous storm at sea. Written, of course, by Luke. Luke the physician. In this account, which records the miraculous survival of some 276 passengers, certain steps were taken, which I believe can be beneficial to those of us experiencing the storms of life. Be they economic, be they domestic, what have you. There is direction here for us going through storms. Paul and his companions were sailing in the Mediterranean Sea along the coast of Asia Minor from Myra to Crete when this tempestuous sea broke upon them. Now the first thing we learn about this incident is that storms come to the good as well as to the bad. The Christian as well as to the non-Christian. The believer as well as the unbeliever. Storms are a part of human experience and human existence. And living for God does not prevent storms from coming our way. There is a type of preaching that's going about today. And I want to stand in firm objection and disassociation with that kind of preaching. There's a preaching going about that tells us if you serve God, if you put your faith and trust in God, life will be smooth sailing for you from now until the day you die. Placid and calm seas will be your lot. I totally disagree. I'm here to tell you this morning that bad things do happen to good people. Bad things happen to good 
people. You see, as geographical conditions are responsible for climate, so too life influenced by the imposition of the conflict between good and bad result in universal and individual storms. Now, I don't want to make you storm conscious where you're looking for a storm to happen to you any moment. And you're walking through life with a drear and fred, drear and fear rather, that some storm is going to happen to you. No, that's not what I'm saying. Rather, I'm saying that because you're a human being living in a problematic world, a world that has been affected by sin, and a world where people live who are imperfect, we can accept, expect rather that problems and difficulties will come our way. It would be a wonderful thing if everybody in life was like me. If everybody in life were like me, we'd have no problems. That's not true. That very type of thinking creates problems. We're living in a problematic world. I didn't expect that my children would ever be problematic because they were born of me and my... When I, I chose my wife carefully. <laughs> and I thought, now, my wife plus me will produce an offspring perfect, perfect. Only to discover that that was not the case. I discovered that we had to pray for our children. I discovered we had to fast for them. I discovered that we had to fight the devil for them. And I'm saying to you, storms will come to all of us at some point in time in our lives. Don't be surprised. Don't think you're unnatural. Don't think God has forsaken you. Just recognize that that is the lot of human beings. Storms come to all of us. Now, would you please note verses 23 and 24. And verses 23 and 24 of chapter 27 tells us that God made himself known to Paul in the midst of his storm. I can't promise you a storm-free life, but I can tell you this morning that you will never know a storm that God won't be there. You'll, I can promise you that. I can make you that promise this morning that as a child of God, you'll never know a storm that God isn't there. He'll be with you in every storm. And the apostle Paul discovered that God was with him in his storm. God put an appearance in his storm. No child of God goes through a storm that God isn't there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew boys discovered that God was with them in the fire. Daniel discovered that God was with him in the lion's den. Joseph discovered that God was with him in prison. Samson found that God was with him at the end of his road. John on the Isle of Patmos, banished for preaching the gospel, discovered that God was there with him. And I'm here to tell you this morning that I don't know why God sometimes permits these storms to come to us. 
Maybe a husband walked out on you. Maybe the children have turned out wrong. Maybe your business has failed. You have a problem. You're going through a storm. God is there. That's what I'm to tell you this morning. I'm come to tell you that God is there. God is there with you in your storm. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. God is there. Lo, I'm with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, some years ago, a soldier and his wife were moving from their place of station to another place. And it was back in the days of those sailing ships with those large, tall masts or sails. And as this soldier and his wife were in their bunk and in their cabin sailing to their place of appointment, they encountered a storm. And the storm was tossing that boat around. And that boat seemed to lean over heavily as the waves would take it over and then bring it back up again. And the wife became nervous and frantic. And she rushed to her husband. And she said, husband, honey, honey, we're going to sink. We're going down. We're going down. And the soldier that he was, he drew his sword. And he put the tip of the sword to his wife's throat or neck. And he pressed the sword firm enough that she felt the tip touching her skin. And as she became conscious that he was holding the sword with a stern face against her neck, she looked at him and then she smiled. And he asked, how come you're smiling? Don't you know that I'm holding my sword to your neck? And she said, I'm smiling because I know who is holding the sword. (laughs) And I say to you this morning that regardless of the storms, that come your way. I know who control the storms. I know who control typhoons. I know who control hurricanes. I know the God of heaven. And I'm saying to you this day, God watches over you. God is in charge of that storm. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Hear me this morning. The people of God will go through their storms, but God is in control of the storms. The second thing I want you to note about this storm from the incident in the apostle's life is that storms are seasonal. Storms are seasonal. According to Acts chapter 27 and verse 14, It was the season of storms. Eurocladon. You see, the geography of that part of the world constituted these seasonal storms from the seventh month of the year. Well, do I remember growing up in the Caribbean and the annual occurrence of hurricanes from August to November, that part of the world, the Caribbean basin, would become activated by waters that became turbulent and winds blowing at 167 miles an hour. And I have been to islands, or one island in particular, where the fury of the wind had stripped the island of all top 
soil, the barks off the trees. Everything that could move was moved by the fury of the storms. But thank God, the thing that we had to live for and realize was every day wasn't a storm. Storms were seasonal. From August to November, we would look out for them. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that the storms will not last forever. I don't care what's the fury of your storm. This preacher is telling you this morning that storms are seasonal. Every day will not be a storm. Every year will not be a storm. Every week will not be a storm. Storms are seasonal. They blow in and they blow out. Hallelujah. Thank God whenever they blow in, you can expect them blowing. Your storm is not going to last forever. It's seasonal. Some of you are going through some storms. But hear me, they're not going to last forever. It's coming a day when the storm will be over. <laughs> I did Cambridge as a boy in school, and I remember a very important essay that I had to write in an exam. And because of my Christian roots, and because of growing up in the church, I inculcated a lot of biblical language. I was writing this essay, and for some reason that morning, maybe I was spiritually touched or in tune with heaven, and I kept writing at various points in my essay, and it came to pass. <laughs> the examiners didn't take too kindly to that. But I've got news for you. Those four words in the Bible are four powerful words. It came to pass. And all storms come to pass. All storms come to pass. They blow in and they blow out. And I say to you, it will come to pass. Your storm is going to go. That youngster that you're having a lot of trouble with, he's going to turn around. Watch it. Keep praying. That daughter that's broken your heart, she's going to turn around. That economic situation is going to change. Because storms are seasonal, they don't last forever. Thirdly, the angelic visitation given to Paul in the midst of the storm stirred his faith in God and caused him to master the stormy conditions. When all is said and done, there's only one thing that really counts. I want you to get the picture. Peter was in a boat. Jesus came to him walking on the water. And when he saw Jesus, he said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat. I don't know how he did it. But he began to do what Jesus was doing. And Peter was walking on top of the water. Now, man doesn't walk on water. But Peter was walking on top the water. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and things reversed. Instead of Peter being on top of the water, 
The Bible tells us that the water was on top of Peter. Storms come. Problems and heartaches come. But what makes the difference is whether you are on top the storm or the storm is on top of you. And I want to tell you this morning, we can't stop the storms, but we can choose to be on top of the storms instead of the storm being on top of us. And maybe your problem is, instead of bringing answers to the predicament, you're compounding the predicament because of the fact that you've allowed the predicament to get on top of you. Are you on top of the situation? Or is the situation on top of you? Peter, or rather Paul, in the midst of this situation, came out on top because God visited him. His soul was revived. His faith in God soared. And he got on top of the problem. Instead of the problem being on top of him. You don't resolve problems by letting the problems get on top of you. To resolve problems, you have to be on top of the problem. From the time you go under the problem, the problem is mastering you. You are not mastering the problem. Are you on top of the problem? Or is the problem on top of you? Well, as a result of Paul's faith soaring, as a result of Paul getting on top of the problem... Paul was able to speak and he issued certain commands that had a profound effect on the situation. Number one, because Paul was on top of the situation, Paul said, stay on board, stay on board. That's in verse 31, stay on board. Some of you, or should I say some of us, when we meet with problems, the first thing we want to do is split the scene. <laughs> You're having trouble with the husband? Split the scene. You're having trouble with the wife? Split the scene. You're having trouble on the job? Split the scene. Paul said, hold on, hold on, stay on board. Don't run away. Don't run away. That's the first tendency. If you're a coward like me, the first thing you want to do is run. <laughs> and when the sailors saw the situation, they headed for the dinky. They wanted to drop overboard the lifeboat and take off. And Paul said, stay on board. Hold it. Stay with it. Stay with it. And I, I've come to tell you, unless God tells you otherwise, stay with it. Stay with the marriage. Stay with the company. Stay with the husband. Stay with the wife. Stay with the job. Don't run away. I had a trouble with my son. My son had a philosophy. If you're working in a place and they're not treating you right and you don't like what they're doing, man, you tell them off and you walk out the job. <laughs> and I said to my son, no, 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 no. Hold on, son. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not the way you do it. <laughs> you look for another job first. <laughs> and you get accepted in another job first. And then after you're sure of another job, you leave. <laughs> now some of our young people, that's the way they go about it. From the time things aren't going the way they thought they were, smooth sailings, they run, they split the scene. No, no. Some of you, because you're Christian young people and you're going through 
some turbulent times in your Christian life, you're ready to give up God. No! Stay on board! Stay on board! The storm will make you strong. You'll prove things about God you never knew before. Stay on board. And I believe I'm talking to some people this morning who are getting ready to run. Who are getting ready to leave things and walk away from things and madly slam doors and walk out. And God is saying to you, stay, 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 stay. Don't move until you hear from me. Don't move until you have direction. Stay on board. Wait. Secondly, Paul said, and as a result of Paul's words of encouragement, the captain was inspired and he dropped four anchors out the stern of the boat. He dropped four anchors out. Can we spiritualize these anchors? I'm here to tell you this morning that when storms break upon you and you don't know what to do or where to turn, you're in a dilemma. For if you move that way, it's trouble. If you move that way, it's trouble. You don't know what to do. Stay on board and drop anchor. Drop anchor. As a child of God, drop the anchor, a presence. The presence of God. He is with you. Drop it. Lower it. Bang. Drop the anchor of presence. Let it hold you. You're rocking. You're heaving. Those winds are tearing at you. Public opinion and the crystallization of human thought seem to be having effect on you. Drop anchor. Drop the anchor of the presence of God. He is with you. He is with you. Let it stabilize you. Secondly, drop the anchor of promise. The promise of God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Henry, I'll be with you in thick and thin. I'll never desert you, God says. You're my child. Drop anchor. Drop anchor. I say to my sister over here, drop anchor. Drop the anchor of God's promise. Drop the anchor of God's presence. Then drop the anchor of God's purpose. God has a purpose in your life. He has a purpose for this storm. He has a purpose for allowing it. And you are not a biological accident. You are a creature of divine design. And God is saying, I've got a purpose for you in life. Drop the anchor of my purpose, my eternal destiny for your life. Drop the anchor. Fourthly, drop the anchor of patience. The anchor of the presence of God. The anchor of the promises of God. The anchor of the purposes of God. And the anchor of the patience that we need to have in God. Wait, 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 wait upon God. It was the psalmist David who said in Psalm 40, in the midst of his storm, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and brought me up out of a horrible pit. He has set my feet upon a rock. He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise. And I'm here to tell you this morning, wait, wait, wait. There's a solution. There's an answer. Wait, wait. And in verse 29, we're told that having stayed on board, having dropped the anchors, 
They wish for the day. <laughs> they wish for the day. What does that mean? They took hope and believed that tomorrow would be a better day. Oh, how many times I went to bed at night saying, Oh God, this ministry, this ministry is something else. It's exacting, it's demanding, it's hard. At times it's nerve-wracking, it's spirit-draining. But as I crawled into bed and committed my soul to God, I somehow felt tomorrow would be a better day. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. God's tomorrow is better than today. There is a tomorrow coming for you. Hallelujah. The darkness is going to roll back. And the sun of righteousness is going to rise with healing in his wings. And he's going to turn your calamities today in a bright, glorious tomorrow. Yes, they dropped anchor and they wish for the day. They knew that the dawning of the new day would be helpful and better. I say to us this morning, let God's word be our source of strength in the midst of life's storms. Let the word of God, not the storms, dictate our attitude and outlook in these times of adversity. And then I bring you to the conclusion, the conclusion of the storm. And there are two things which comprise the conclusion of the storm that I draw to your attention. Number one, the Bible tells us in verse 44, they all escape safely to the land. How many passengers? 276 passengers. They all escape safely to the land. But now watch it, watch it. They all escape safely to the land, but some made it on broken pieces. They all were saved, but some arrived to safety on broken pieces. Broken pieces of the ship. The ship broke up, and though the ship didn't save them the way it was intended to, they still got to safety on the broken pieces of the ship. I wish I, wish I could tell you that you'll never have a broken heart. I wish I could tell you that you'll never know a broken promise. I wish I could be fair in saying to you, you'll never experience a broken dream. I wish I could say that life will never bring your way broken relationships. wish I could guarantee you that you'll never know any fractured situation in your life. I cannot guarantee you that. I cannot. All I know is this. In spite of the broken pieces, you can arrive safe in the Savior's arms. The broken pieces can turn around and be the very pieces that guarantee safe conduct. Some of you are here this morning and you have had broken hearts. Some of you have had broken dreams, broken businesses, broken marriages. Some of you have had broken things, broken promises. 
take place in your life. I'm here to tell you, you can make it. You can make it in spite of the broken pieces. I have situations in my life that I wish had never occurred because they represent fractured dreams and broken things. And they hurt. They hurt when I reflect upon them. But I've got news for you. In spite of the brokenness in my life, I intend to make it. Not in my strength, but on what Jesus Christ has accomplished for me. Lay aside this morning your brokenness. Would you do that? I'm thinking of a sister now who had a broken business and a broken situation happened to her world of plenty and prosperity. Broke up and crumbled at her feet. Sister, stop living in the past. Stop going back to that time. Oh, leave the brokenness behind and live your life today. Knowing that in Jesus Christ, you can triumph. What's that broken thing in your life tonight or this morning? Leave it behind. Maybe you need a new beginning. Well, what? Paul had a new beginning. He thought he was a godly man until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Peter said, I'll never deny you. And he made a promise to Jesus and it broke. It broke. Man, we can think of broken promises and broken things in our lives, but stop, leave them behind and get up. And let's make it safely by the grace of God and by the power of God. Last but not least, the conclusion of the storm, they all made it to shore. And a number of them made it on broken pieces of the ship. And finally, (laughs) you know, God must have a sense of humor. It was never the intention of Paul to take the gospel to Malta. Never. Never. Nowhere in Paul's thinking was he going to take the gospel to Malta. And yet, the shipwreck landed Paul on Malta where he preached the gospel. Out of the storm came good. And brother Richard, sometimes we think that storms can only be bad. But God seeth not as men seeth. Because men look on the outward appearance. But God looks beyond. Our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Sometimes we confine a situation to the dustbin. And we say it's no good. And God says, who has the right to say something is no good? You or me? God took that storm with all its fury, with all its hurt, with all its wreck, with all its ruin. And when men were saying, my, my, terrible, 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 isn't this awful? Paul finds himself on Malta, begins to preach the gospel, and Publius' household got touched and saved, and the gospel penetrated Malta. God is able to take your storm your perplexities and bring good out of them. And so indirectly (laughs) the gospel got to Malta because of Paul's storm. And God is able to take the storm in your life. The fury, the fury of your storm 
He's able to take your confusion. He's able to take that ugly predicament and work in it and bring glory to his name. So where does that leave us? Number 162. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And then I, I like this verse here. His oath, his covenant, his blood are my defense against the flood. When earthly hopes are swept away, he will uphold me on that day. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other hope is sinking sand. All other hope is sinking sand. You know, the confusions of life, God has a way of taking them. And in his own perfect creative ability, bringing good, if we will just hold on in the storm, there's a new beginning. There's a bright tomorrow. There's an exciting life ahead of many of you. If you'll hold steady in the storm. Hold steady. Hold, hold it. Hold steady. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. This is what Christianity is all about. We stand in Christ. And we rest on Christ's ability. Not our strength. And I'm asking you. Don't run off and start doing foolish, sinful, carnal things. Hold steady in Christ. It's time to believe your beliefs. It's time to anchor your soul. I'll anchor my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wild seas no more. The tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep. In Jesus, I'm safe no more. Would, would you let this be your testimony? A number of people in this building Monday morning were going to do some foolish things. You are going to respond to hurt, to storms, Humanly. And God is telling you, sister, brother, hold it. Hold it. Wait. Just hold on. Hold on. Dear Father, all over this building this morning, hold your people. We dare not hold ourselves. Hold us. Hold us. Hold my young brother at school. Hold him. Hold that couple that is just starting their marriage. Hold them. Oh God, hold us, older folk who have been married for some time, hold us. Hold us in that job that is problematic. Hold us. Hold us in that situation that is stressful. Hold us. Lord Jesus, hold our president and hold his presidential party. Hold them. Hold us because we need you so desperately. When the storm breaks upon us, hold us. Hold us. And thank you right now because your arms are enfolding us. The assurance of your word is stabilizing us. The consciousness of your presence is reminding us that we are more than conquerors. For those experiencing economic problems, hold them, Lord. For those in this building this morning who are not saved and are going through the storms of life, save them, Lord. For those who have had wreck and ruin, may this be a new beginning because they're trusting you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.